Good morning. That is such a good video. So true. Uh, if you have the wrong thinking, you will miss the opportunity to make a difference in this world. Uh, this is what this series is about. Be Rich is a series on how, one, how to be rich, but how to, how to use our lives to make a difference in this world. All right. If you're a guest here, uh, I want to first want to say welcome. Thanks for coming. My name is Eric Montoya, Pastor of the Grove, and we're thrilled you're here. Uh, welcome all those tuning in online. Thanks for being with us online this week. We're glad you're able to tune in. Um, let me just, um, if you're a guest, let me put you at ease. I'm not going to ask you for money today, all right? I'm not going to uh, try to um, get you to, to do anything except just learn something. Uh, and in fact, our heart as a church is to be a, a blessing to those that come. And so our, our heart for you um, as you guys come, anybody that comes, is uh, we want something for you, not something from you. And we know that when you uh, encounter God's principles and his love and his grace, it changes everything. And so we, um, we, we're glad you're here. All right. So this series, we're in part two of a series. And really this series is about um, us learning how to be generous with our lives. So it's not just about finances. It's also about our time. It's about good deeds. It's about how we can use our lives to make an impact on this world. So last week, part one, we talked about right thinking. If you don't, if you don't have the right thinking when it comes to your life, when it comes to managing your life, uh, the, the word the Bible uses is stewardship, right? This idea that uh, we are managers of whatever we have uh, that's given to us, put in our hands. And so if you don't have the right thinking, you won't have the right managing or the right ability to, to use what you have been given in a healthy way. And so Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As she thinks in her heart, so is she, right? So the way we think really determines who we'll become, who we are, and how we, how we manage life. Uh, so we talked about last week about right thinking, get the right thinking. Um, we said this, that um, the, the main idea of last week was I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. So I'm not going to put my trust in wealth. I'm not going to put my trust in riches, but I'm going to trust the one who actually provides all that for, for, my, for my benefit, for, for me to be able to use uh, my life to make an impact. Right? He's going to take care of us. Um, in the series Be Rich, we get the idea from Second uh, Timothy where Paul is writing to Timothy, his protege. He's, he's mentoring Timothy. And so Timothy is a, a pastor in, in Ephesus, and, um, um, and Paul is, is coaching him. And so he's writing a letter to him. So when I read this, this part, portion of Scripture, it would be like a ment- one of my mentors, somebody that's, that's been a pastor for a long time, trying to teach me how to be a really good pastor and some of the instructions that he would, he would give me to be able to help others know how to, how to really engage with what God wants in our lives. And, and notice this in 1 Timothy 6. Um, this is what he says to, to Paul's telling Timothy, right? When it comes to the church, those that are following Christ, he says this, Command those who are rich in this world, in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So last week we said, hey, don't put your, your hope in wealth, but put it in the one who provides, right? And notice when he provides, why he provides it. He, and this is good news. He provides it for our enjoyment. And so there's ideas sometimes in, when it comes to church that God wants us to suffer. And he wants us to, to, to live in a way that we're not going to have things, right? That's not it at all. He wants to, to richly provide and for our enjoyment, give us opportunities for that. And it's not always wealth. A lot of times it's, it's relationships. A lot of times it's opportunities that come our way. He wants to provide in a way that we can enjoy life. Um, but, the, but the part of the scripture he's saying is he, he wants us to have things. He just doesn't want the things to have us. And when the things own us, that's when we're in trouble because life becomes about what we can get and where scripture is very, very clear. Life is not about what you can get, but by what you can give. Uh, in fact, I would say that I would say that's one of the main uh, adjectives, one of the main descriptions of, of God's nature in the Bible is he's generous. He's a giver, right? God, God gives. And when we follow his lead, his lead, we also need to learn how to be givers, how to be generous and give. So he says, command those who are rich in this world. And this is what we said last week. We, we know it can be hard sometimes when it comes to thinking about ourselves as being rich, right? Uh, because uh, we don't feel rich, right? And uh, when you don't feel rich, you don't think of yourself as being rich. And so last week, really, the whole message is to push against that idea that you have to understand if you're in the, the United States, if you're an American, you have so many opportunities in, in the in, when 
it comes to comparison to the world, you are the rich in the world. So when he says to, to um, command them, those are rich in the present age, right? So in this present age where we're at now, you are one of the, one of the, the, the privileged and the wealthy that are in this world. And so that was last week. And he goes on and says this, command them, right? Not just use their wealth, but command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. So use their lives to make an impact and to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so they will take hold of the life that is truly life. I love this, 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 this last phrase that Paul uses when he's telling Timothy, that when they do this, right, when they are generous and they're willing to share, which we're going to talk about today, being willing, when they do this, when they're willing, uh, they, they, they take hold of the life that's truly life. So there's this idea that Paul is saying in, in, in the world and culture, we tend to try to take a hold of all these different ideas, right? We want to take hold of things and, and get them for ourselves, and we own it. It's ours. And he's saying, in fact, when you do it God's way, you'll learn to let go of that and not, not let it have ownership of you or, or own you or your heart. You'll learn to release it, and you'll actually begin to take hold of things that are much better than just material possessions, just more wealth. Um, not that the things are bad, he's saying, but they'll learn to really take hold of the things that God wants them to. And Paul is saying, the reason, notice the motivation, right? It, Paul's not saying, hey, Timothy, tell them to give so that we can have a lot, right? Tell them to give so that we can, we can um, live it up, right, in luxury. No, he's saying, tell them to give. It's for their benefit. It's for them so they, that when they do this, they will actually begin to live a life that they can make a difference. They attain for themselves. Uh, Philippians 2.13 uh, Paul, Paul says this, he's saying, when it comes to being willing, right? He says, God is working in you to make you willing and able to obey him. So one of the, the, part of the work that God's trying to do in our lives is he wants us to be willing and able to obey him. You know, so part of it is he wants us to, to, to choose to do it. The other part is then he wants us to be able to do the things that he's asking us to do. So how can we, how can we do both of those? So today we're going to talk about that. What does it look like to be willing and able to use our lives in such a way that we would, be, we would live like he tells us, to be rich in good deeds, to be rich in, in, in helping others, to be generous with our lives, right, with our time, with our resources, with our wealth. And so he's saying God is trying to work in you so you'll be willing and able. First um, Chronicles 29.3, there was this opportunity for the, for the people of Israel to build a temple. And so King David comes, he leads the way of giving, giving in the offering. And it, it's one of the largest recorded offerings ever, ever taken, free will offerings where people just come and uh, give towards something that was really big, really large. And we talked about this a lot last week, right? Gen- generosity, uh, David led with generosity. The people came alongside. And notice what he says. He says, because I've set my affection in the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. So David's leading the way, saying, I'm going to do this. And he says, now who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? He asks this question, who's willing? And today, that's what I'm talking about. Who's willing to be able to say, all right, I, I want to be able to say I get to do this. I want to do this. I'm willing to do this. Second Corinthians 8, 12, Paul, Paul says that for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. If the willingness is there, the gift will be acceptable so say i went to the store today and uh, i saw some flowers that were on sale right really really cheap like 75 percent off and I, I said man that's a good deal i'm gonna buy these flowers they're a little wilted they're not really all that great whatever and so i pick them up for my wife i take it to my wife and um and i say here's some flowers She's like oh you shouldn't why you didn't you didn't have to why'd you do that you know and like ah it's really it was nothing they're on sale um it was actually almost free and that was one just given to me I, I felt like i had to my marriage counselor told me i i had to do this and so here you go all right She'd be like, keep your flowers, <laughs> sleep with your flowers. I don't care, right? You do what you want. So there's a difference between willingness and somebody that has to do something, right? This applies in every area of our life. When you're willing to do something, when, you, when you're 
um, when you wake up in the morning, you say, I get to go to work, as opposed to, I have to go to work. I get to, you know, whatever, spend time with my kids. I have to spend time with kids. I, I get to be married to this woman or this man. I have to be married to this married or man, this woman or man, right? There's a difference in our approach when we get to and when we have to. Throughout Scripture, a big part of God is saying, let your motives be the right motives. It's not just about what you're doing. It's the, the intention and the how you're doing it that's behind it. It's, it's the why, the reason that you actually do this in the first place, right? When you come to church on Sundays, you, you can choose to, I have to because it's Sunday morning. It's what I do. Or it's, I get to go to church to be able to experience something that's going to help me this week, right? It, it's a, a different perspective when you get to versus you have to, when you have the willingness to do it. And Paul's saying, when, when there's willingness in our, in our lives, whether it's the gift is our own life, saying, God, use my life, or God, here's the offering I'm bringing, here's some, some resources, here's some finances, uh, here's my talents, whatever. When, it's, when, when the, the willingness is there, God says that gift is acceptable. That's the kind of gift that I'm looking for because the right intention is behind it. Um, when it comes to willingness and people that have to versus get people that get to, um, one of the reasons it's so important to, to understand that motives really matter when it comes to managing our lives is because when people lose their why, they typically lose their way. Whenever somebody loses their why, they will lose their way. This happens in marriages. This happens with our finances. This happens in the workplace. When we forget why we're doing what we're doing, eventually we will begin to do, look for other ways, avenues to live in a different way. So in my marriage, if I forget why I married sincerity in the first place, I'll forget the, the way that we were trying to go, the things that we we're trying to accomplish. I lose the vision. I lose the, the, the understanding of, of this, is the, this is why it started in the first place. And before I know it, my heart will drift and look for other things to, to pursue, right, to other things to, to, to go in a different direction. So when we lose our why, we lose our way. And so when it comes to being rich, you know, one of the reasons Paul is commanding Timothy to teach him is because um, rich people don't know how to be rich a lot of times. We just maybe have never been taught or we don't understand. One, like we talked about last week, we don't think we are, right? And the reason we don't think we are is because we don't feel like we are. Um, I remember the, my first, first time I got uh, my first paycheck I ever got. I was 12 years old. I spent a couple of weeks working with an electrician, helping him run some cables and do some, some wiring in a house. And at the end of the two weeks, he gave me a, an envelope that had $200 in it, right? And uh, I remember getting the $200, and I was like, whoa, I am rich, right? I thought, like, this is the most amazing thing. Do you remember when, maybe your first job, maybe your first paycheck? How did you feel? Well, you know, I felt very rich at that moment, and here's why. Um, and I think the reason why I felt so rich is because I had no financial responsibilities at that moment. When I got that money, I didn't think, like, I have to pay my, my mortgage. I didn't think I have to pay the, my bills. I have to do whatever. You know, there was, there was no financial responsibility in that moment because I was living with my parents. They were taking care of all the things that I needed. This was just extra spending money, right? It was just a, a – a, a, it was it – was, essentially, it was margin. I had, not, I had no – there was nothing that this had to go towards. So I had no pressure on saying it's not mine because it's already been given away, Right? But rather, it was because I had, I had margin in my life at that point, really, because I had nothing, right? It was, it was, it was extra. It was, it was above and beyond what I had before. The reason I felt rich is because I had margin. And a lot of times, I think the reason that we don't understand that we actually have, have been blessed is because we don't have margin. In fact, um, if you're the average American when it comes to finances, um, a big chunk of your um, monthly income actually goes to debt reduction, trying to pay down the debt that we've accumulated, um, and that's part of life. a lot of times we can't be why a lot of people can't be generous with their with their finances is because they've got they, they're in a, in a backwards position. Right. They're actually paying away more than they're actually bringing in. We talked a little about that last week. And so he's saying in, in scripture is telling us if you'll if you'll follow God's principles, he'll actually help you be a really good manager of what you have. That's your time. That's your relationships. That's your finances. 
And when you do it God's way, it's always about creating margin, right? Um, part of finances is learning how to budget. Dave Ramsey says if, if, you don't, if you're not saving money every single week, every single month, you don't have a budget. Because a part of budgeting and wise, uh, using money wisely is, is learning how to save for the future, right? Learning to prepare for something else. And he said that's, he said that's one of the best indicators to know if you're living by a budget or not. Um, because you've created, you've created a, a category there to say this is part of how we're going to live within our means and even at, when possible be, below our means so that we can really create margin. And when you do that, you actually become a person that can say, I actually can say yes to those opportunities that come my way. Same applies to our time, right? If, if you learn to manage your time wisely, you'll have, you'll have moments in your week where you can say, man, I have time that I can give to help others. I have, I have the ability to be able to sit and talk and have a conversation with those that I love, those that I care about. And if you learn to manage it well, and, and if you don't, you have no margin. And it feels like you're, you can't be generous with your time because you're, it's, it's all, already all taken away, right? And so the motives behind it is really important. You know, on, on Sunday mornings, our team gets here um, at 7 in the morning to set up the stage and the lights and uh, do an incredible job. Well, there's some weeks when I get here, if I ever lose the why of what we're doing on Sundays, um, when I'm running cables, when I'm setting up the signs, when I'm doing things with the team we're, we're building, if I ever forget why, it feels like a lot of work. Like, man, I had to wake up early. It's sacrifice. It's like I could be sleeping in, right? Isn't there a football game that's going to be starting soon? Um, all these different things like begin to come into my mind of why it's so hard um, when I lose the why. But the weeks that I know why I'm doing it, and I come and I said, man, I get to do this this Sunday. I get to do this. I get to be a part of, of seeing God work in people's lives. Um, it's, it's a different approach. Like I enjoy Sunday so much more when I, when I remember the why. And then those Sundays I forget, it's not as enjoyable because it feels like just work. It feels like uh, something I have to do, where in fact it's not. It's, it's a gift that God's given me. So let me tell you a little bit about some of my whys, all right, why I do what I do. Um, about 40 years ago, there was a couple that came to Santa Fe and started a church. And their ministry, that the church they started, had a direct impact into my family. So a couple from that church uh, began to, to build a relationship with my parents and essentially eventually invited them to church and uh, to come to the to service with them. And, and God did just a miracle in my family, just turned around their marriage, turned around their, their lives in a powerful, powerful way. Um, and so I grew up in a home that's drastically, dif- drastically, drastically different than it would have been if they didn't encounter, encounter Christ. And so for my life, when I look back to that, 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 that couple that came to Santa Fe to start a church, and I look back to the couples that invested in my family when I was just a baby, right? The, the difference that God made in their lives um, has impacted my life. And so I, I, I have this like indebtedness towards that couple that did it, but I also have this indebtedness towards Christ who, who started off the generous, generosity cycle of saying, I'm going to model for you how to live a life that would live beyond you, that would help others to know. Um, and so for me, my why is because I know the impact that, that Christ's sacrifice makes in somebody's life. I know the impact that when somebody follows his, his example and his principles in the word, in the Bible, the difference it makes in marriages, in our finances, in our parenting, in our community. I see it. And, and um, it's part of why I want to do what we want to do. So when we came to Santa Fe, there's um, so many people that, that – one, half our city would say, I'm, I don't adhere to any kind of religious belief, right? They're just de-churched, unchurched. Um, half our city would just say that. So uh, we know that on any given Sunday, there's a lot of people that don't even think about church. They don't even they don't jump on the radar. Uh, they're not interested. They don't know anything about it. So when we came to Santa Fe, my heart was saying, what would it look like if we designed a church that would say, let's, let's make it where they're welcome to come, that they would come and have this encounter? Because we know that 
when they have an encounter with, with Christ, their lives will be changed. And so we came saying, we want to start a church so we can have an impact in our city, have an impact in this world. And so on a weekly basis, I get to do this. It's a, it's a joy to be able to say, I'm using my life to make a difference, to partner with other people on our team to say, together, guys, we can make a difference in people's lives. The kids that we're serving in nursery, the kids that we're serving in, in, in G-Kids, right? Those are potential leaders in our, in our community, potential future teachers, uh, future people that will be in politics, future maybe pastors. We're able to pour into them. It's like, it's like it's a privilege and an honor to be able to do that. Um, so part of it is because what God has done in my life, I've seen it. I've seen the results, right? I've, I've seen the, the impact. Um, I remember going on a mission trip in South America, and the first time I saw somebody healed from something, right? It was a, a person that was blind, and they were able to see. Um, and it was, it was like, wow, that's awesome. And uh, that same trip, I saw people who were, um, had, had, uh, who were pest, uh, oppressed by demonic spirits set free, right, and the drastic difference in their lives. And I remember seeing this and experiencing it, saying, wow, there's power in, in, in the gospel. There's power in what, what Christ has for us, what God has for us. And I experienced this and said, this is, this is amazing that the difference God makes when we're able to set the captives free, right? So my life, when I think about Sundays, man, I, I get to help people to know God. I get to help people um, discover freedom, and, and know and, and find that freedom that they need in their lives. I get to help people discover their purpose in their life so that they can make a difference with their life. That's a joy. There's this part of me that it's, it's a joy to be able to do this. There's fulfillment in it. So that's my why. Um, I think about um, the blessings that come with it, right? So my motive is not so I can get blessed. I don't do what I do so that God can bless me. Um, I, I, it's the results of it. And I know that when I'm doing what he asked me to do, I'm blessed in many, many ways in relationships. And doors that, he op- doors that he'll open up for me and opportunities he'll open up for me. Um, it's just, it's just what, what happens. Um, I also do what I do because I know that God's asking us to be an example. You know, for me personally, for us as a church, like he's asking us to, to set an example for others to say, would you, would you live in such a way that they would look at your life and say, okay, I really don't know what to do, but I see that's different. I think I'll try that. Just live in a way that would be different. Live in a way that you'd follow the example that Christ set for us, right? That's what it means to follow Christ, is, is you look at his example and you begin to live it out. And then you do that so that others can see your example also and begin to experience his love. And so for me, I, I intentionally say, let's never forget the why behind what we're doing. Don't ever forget the why of, of, of what we do on Sundays, what we do with our, our life. Because the moment I do, man, it's just, it's just conversations and it's just um, the problems that people bring. And it's just all of the stress that comes with it, right? That I lose, the, I lose my way, and I, I get distracted, and I start thinking, maybe I can find a different profession. Maybe I can start looking in other, other areas of, of life to, to find something different. When I forget why I'm doing what I do, when I, when I lose the willingness, my, my work is very difficult. But when I have the understanding and the why, it's actually a privilege, it's a joy, it's, 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 a, it's an amazing difference that it can make when I have the right motives and the right perspective. I don't have to do this, I get to do this. And we try to tell our kids a lot, you don't have to, you get to. And just go knowing that you're, you have an opportunity in front of you. You get to do this. Keep, keep doing it. Um, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians when it comes to our motives, right, when it comes to giving, using our lives uh, in a generous way, he says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So in your life, the way that you give, the way that you use your life, if it's sparingly in a little bit, you'll get back a little bit. But whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Notice the word he uses there, decided. He's, he, and he goes on and says, not reluctantly, right? Not under compulsion, not under pressure, because God loves a cheerful giver. What kind of giver does God love? The giver that says, I get to give. Like this is a privilege, it's an opportunity, I'm willing, it's a willingness. I get 
to give. And she said, learn to, to decide, right? And then notice, notice the results of the person that decides to be generous with their life. Notice what happens. He goes on and says this, you'll be made rich in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. So when you just, the, the people that decide to be generous, the people that decide um, to say, I'm going to be willing, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go forward and do this because I believe guys want me to, those people will be made rich in every area, right? That's not just financially, that's relationally, uh, that's opportunities, it's, it's what God does in our life on our behalf. So you can be generous on every occasion. So when you decide, he then will add to it. So you can be generous on every occasion. And he says, and then he goes on and says, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So he's telling the church in, in Corinth, he's saying when you're generous to the ministry that God is, is asking us to do, to start churches, right? Paul is telling them, and, and you, you pour into this and you help us to, to, to take care of people and to do the work we're doing. Like your generosity is actually going to be a result in, in thanksgiving to God. And, and that's really what, what it's about, right? He's saying the, the motives is, is not the wrong motive. It's, it's to make an impact on this world. In fact, as our church, I think about this, this, um, this verse, you know, um, through us as the grove, uh, there's a lot of thanksgiving that goes up to God because of your generosity and your faithfulness. You know, we've helped start churches around this, the country. Um, we've helped feed kids in Haiti and different parts of the world. Uh, we've helped rescue kids from, from um, um, human trafficking because of your generosity, right? In, in our city, we've helped organizations that are doing a good work to help different people in need. We, we partner with them, right? And so w- when I talk to other church planners that we've helped start, and our church is invested in their church, there's a, this part of them that says, I'm so thankful to those people in Santa Fe because of their generosity. This is what Paul's talking about. When we come together to, to say, what can we do together to make a difference? Out of that, the results is they're going to say, God, thank you so much for their generosity. Thank you so much for their willingness to do that. All right? And so when, when he says, God is trying to work in us to be willing and able you know, to do what God's asking us to do, willing and able. Well, it starts with the willingness you have to have that motive. You have to be able to say, I get to. And then once you begin to be willing, then the able comes. That's what Paul is saying, right? So when, you, when you're willing to give and you, you decided to give, now God, God is saying, now I'm going to pour out even more upon you, give you more riches, more opportunities, so that you will be able now to do it. So you have to be, God, right motives, and then he'll give you the ability to do it. So how does that come? How, how, how do we get to that place where we're able to give? Well, when the willingness and the decision, there's a couple of principles that the Bible talks about. One is intentional, intentionality in our life. So you have to be, do, think of intentional giving, right? You don't do out of compulsion. And part of why we're, we're building up this series next week is because every single week we, we designate one of our weekends. Um, we call it Kingdom Builders Offering, right? And it's one weekend a year. So out of the 52 weeks, one of those is going to go away from us. So everything that comes in offering next next Sunday for Kingdom Builders is going to go away from our church. It's going to go to nonprofits around the world, to missionaries, to help start churches, um, to do a lot of good work. I'll tell you about some of the opportunities and a little bit about it. And the reason we prepare is because we don't want you to give, like Paul says, out of compulsion, out of guilt, like you have to. We want you to be thinking about it, about praying about it, so you give out of a willingness to do that, right? In fact, that offering that comes in next week, it'll be larger than any other offering that we receive in the year, which is exciting. It just goes away from us. And, uh, it's, it's, and, and for this time of season, we do this time of season because we want our hearts to be open, right? This, is a, this season can be really hard for, for a lot of people. And we're saying, hey, let's keep our hearts open to, to look for opportunities for generosity. Let's keep our hearts open so we can use our lives to make a difference, right? And so we have to be intentional in our giving. Um, the, God is looking for those who are deciding to give, that have purpose in their heart to, to know what they've chose to give. So next week when you come, 
Um, I'm not going to get up here and, and try to move you emotionally. I'm going to just say, hey, you guys prayed about it? You thought about it? Uh, and this is all I would ask. Um, I'm not going to ask you for a specific amount. Just say, would you pray and ask God? And then just commit to doing something, right? Just do something. And whatever it is that God leads you, do that. And when we all do that, we make a difference in our lives. So be intentional with your life when it comes to giving. That's, uh, uh, we'll give you opt- some opportunities to know how you can also do that in other ways than just financially, right? Um, Mark 12, 43 and 44. Jesus, um, he, he talks to his disciples about this moment. So this story is Jesus is at the temple, and he's next to the place that they give the offerings, right? And he's standing there, and he's watching these people give. And after that after the takes place, he says, his disciples, he says, truly I tell you, and he points to this poor widow, right? She said, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty and everything, um, all she had to live on. And so Jesus is at the, it's kind of a weird story, right? He's like at the place where they're giving, giving the offerings, and he's looking, and the disciples are with him. They're watching, and, and he, they're seeing people put in. And this woman just puts in, in fact, it was just a, a couple of, of mites, right? She puts in a little, it'd be one-sixteenth of a day's uh, wage is what she put in. And so she puts that in. They see her put in very little, and he says she gave more than everybody else. All, those, all the people that put in, she gave the most, which the disciples are like, okay, um, but those people put way more in. Like she only put a couple, and they put like, did you see that big check that guy put in, that girl put in? Like they gave a lot. He says, no, no, in, in comparison to what they make, she gave more. Uh, one of the principles the Bible talks about is percentage giving. See, God values when our hearts are organized in such a way that, that we're intentional with what we give, right? And so he's saying percentage-wise – they gave a little bit of what they had extra. She gave a big chunk of who she was. In fact, she put all that she had in. It was a statement of saying, God, I trust you. I believe in you. Here's, I'm going to give, give what, I, what I can. And he says, in the example Jesus was making is when heaven looks at us, it's not the amount he's looking at. It's at the sacrifice. It's at the heart, right? So somebody has a lot, they give just a few dollars. That's really not a lot. God's not like, he's not there clapping like, hey, good job on those couple dollars, right? But when somebody's saying, God, this is a sacrifice, this is a challenge, this is a faith statement, heaven looks down and says, that, that's awesome. Like, your, your, your heart is right. You're doing this out of, out of motives to say, I want to be a blessing, right? And so I would say this about percentage giving, right? The principle really is, it's first fruit. It's the first. God says, when you give the first of what you make to him, it's a faith statement saying, I'm starting with God. It's just the way I organize my life. And it says that, that the Bible says that when you do that, he opens the windows of heaven and pours out all kinds of blessings. That he actually uh, stops all the other negative things from impacting your, your crops and your wealth. Like he protects you. There's a protection that comes. By, but it says re- rebuking the devourer for your sake. Like when you put God first, he blesses the rest. And I know in our, in our culture, a big challenge for us is because of debt, because of where we position ourselves financially, we can't give like 10% is the tithe is what the Bible talks about. It's a good, um, it, it's an equal giving from everybody, right? So it's a way that I feel that just as much as anybody else feels because it's a portion of what we have. But if you can't give that, just start somewhere. Maybe you just move, you move to the right slowly, right? So you can't give the 10, start, start with one. If you don't give anything, start with one. Um, if you are giving 10, maybe you need to move to 11 or 12%. It's a way that we organize our lives in such a way that says, I'm going to give above and beyond what, I, what, I've, what God has given me so that I can be a blessing to others, right? And when you do this, you're blessed. Um, let me read a I'm, – I'm always fascinated by commencement speeches that people give at, at, at graduations um, because it's, it's essentially they try to boil down like their philosophies and the way they see life in a really uh, short, short speech, right? And so a lot of times it's, it's famous people, people have done really well. 
um, you know, actors, singers, whatever, and they're, they're different leaders that come and, and, and give it. Well, I came up, up, upon a, uh, a speech that was given in 2001 to the graduating class of Vassar College, and it was given by Stephen King. That's why it's so fascinating to me, right? I'm like, what would Stephen King have to say to, and maybe that's wrong on my part, maybe make a judgment on him because I don't know him, right? But I know the, the stories he's written, the books, movies, things like that have come out, and I'm like, okay, that'd be, I really want to see what he has to say. And I was really blown away by his approach to what he told the students on what would be the most important thing they could do with their life. I'll read it for you. It's pretty fascinating. So his, ad- his address, he talked about money and generosity. And that's what he said. He said that human life is brief when placed in time's wider perspective is something we all know. He said, I'm asking you to consider in a more va- vis- visceral level. That's all. What are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you one thing you're not going to do. That's take it with you. We come in naked and broke. We may be dressed when we go out, but we're just as broke. Warren Buffett, going to go out broke. Bill Gates, going to go out broke. President Ferguson, going to go out broke. Steve King, broke. You guys, broke. Not a crying dime between you. And how long in between? How long have you got to be in the chips? Just a blink of an eye. Should you give away what you have? Of course you should. I want you to consider making your lives one long gift to others, and why not? All the other stuff you have is just one loan. All you want to get at the getting place, from the Maserati you may dream about to the retirement fund some guy is trying to sell you on sooner or later, none of that is real. All that lasts in this, all that lasts in this world is what you pass on. The rest is smoke and mirrors. Giving is about the receiver. Giving isn't about the receiver or the gift, but it's about the giver. It's for the giver. One doesn't open one's wallet to improve the world, although it's nice when it happens. One opens one's wallet to improve oneself. I give because it's the only concrete way I have of saying I'm glad to be alive and that I can earn my daily bread doing what I love. I hope you'll be similarly grateful to be alive and that you will be able to to be glad to do whatever it is you wind up doing on the lives we lead, the families we raise, the communities that nurture us. So I ask you to begin the next great phase of your life by giving and to continue as as you begin. I think you'll find that in the end you get far more than you ever had and do more good than you ever dreamed of. I thought that was so fascinating when he gave that, 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 that commencement speech because he's saying generosity. That's really what lives on beyond us, right? So we don't take anything with us, but what we give, who we impact, the difference that we make here on earth, it lives on beyond us. This is a big part of what Scripture talks about. It's having um, what we would call it's having an eternal perspective, right? First um, Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. If anyone, any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. Um, the day means the day of judgment. When your life is done, you're standing before God. And it says whatever you built your life upon, right? And, and it's not talking about um, like, like, like physical things, but it's saying that the kind things you did, the way you used your life, the generous acts, right? All of those things. When you did it in the right motive, when God asked you, you're, you're using costly stones, silver, and gold. But when you did that out of the wrong motives, right, it's just hay, straw, and stubble. When you did good things, but it really wasn't for you, it was for your own pride, it was for you to be celebrated, recognized. He says, on the day of judgment, all of that will be exposed and shown for what it really is. And it says that it, it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each of our work. And what he has built sur- will survive, and he'll receive his reward. So essentially, the Bible says, hey, have this internal perspective. That what you're doing on a daily basis, not only is going to make a difference here now, but there's going to be results and there'll be rewards and there'll be recognition of that in the future also. He says, make sure you do it in a way that's healthy, right? That it's, it's a privilege to do that. So I would say the third thing is besides intentional, besides percentage giving, you have to think of eternal giving. 
that your impact when you give is going to make a difference in somebody's life. When we plant churches around our nation and we, we coach them and we, we invest in them, that's an eternal, we're making an eternal difference, an eternal impact, right? Because we're helping them uh, and their communities to connect to people that need God so much. It's, it's making an eternal difference. So I would say today, um, this is what you have to understand in your life. And this is, this is the statement for me is that God has blessed me with more than I need so I can make a difference in the life of others. God has blessed me with more than I need so that I can make a difference in the life of others. On a daily basis, God has given me more time than I really need so I can make a difference. God has given me more finances than I need so I can make a difference. And I know the pushback is, but I don't have that. Well, part of it is because you haven't organized your life. You haven't managed it well. Because I would argue that God has given you more than enough to, to be able to take care of what you need so you can also be generous. But, but a lot of times we only spend that extra on ourselves, right? We don't, we don't plan for the future. And God is saying, if you want to be a good steward of finances, learn to have a plan, learn to have a budget, learn to, to work within principles that will help you to make a bigger impact with your life. So God has blessed us with more than we need so we can make a difference in the lives of others. In your time, in your finances, with your talents, with your relationships, if you'll begin to say, I get to do this, I get to do this. God, you give me opportunities, I get to do this. So here's my challenge for today when it comes to learning to be rich, right? Look for opportunities to be generous. Look for opportunities to be generous. Learn to look around because you don't have to do this, you get to do this. You don't have to be generous, you get to be generous. It's a choice. And God is saying, learn to look around for those opportunities, all right? So as we end our message, I want to just tell you about some opportunities that part of Kingdom Builders can take care of, but also maybe some other opportunities that, that you might not know of that you can also do something with, all right? So um, last week I mentioned there was a need in our community in Santa Fe. There's a fifth grader from Adelaide. Um, who is needing some braces for her legs so she can walk, right? Um, and so I put that need in front of you. I said, hey, if this is something that really moves you and you want to be a part of, here's an opportunity that we can come together and give, right? Well, her braces, uh, there's some papers if you want to learn more about her story. Um, she's an immigrant from uh, Afghanistan, came for some surgeries, and, and her family's really in a lot of need because of uh, their situation. And um, uh, the braces are going to cost about $12,000. And so that's a lot of money, right? Well, uh, there's another church in Santa Fe that knows about her story, and some of the people that work at the school go there also. So the pastor and myself, we began to talk, said, hey, well, what, what can we do together as churches? Like, we're part of the same team. We're part of the kingdom of God. What if we work together to, to help her? And he says, yeah, that's a good idea. He says, in fact, we have some connections in Albuquerque that we're going to be able to get the braces for le- most likely for a lot less. And so we're working on that. And that's brilliant because whatever we're able to give towards, they'll have a greater impact because uh, we're learning how to talk those down and I just got really excited, right, about the opportunity to partner with, with other churches to say, hey, let's do this together. Because here, here's the thing. In, in Santa Fe, we, might not, not, we won't be able to take care of the needs of every single person that's ever in Santa Fe that has it. But what if we just started with one? This is one, right? Let's do it for the one that we wish we could do ever for everyone. And maybe generosity begin to bleed off in everybody else, and they'll begin to do for the one that they wish they could do for everybody else. And if we all did that, I, I'm pretty sure we could probably take care of most of the needs in our city if we would learn to be generous in that way. So we're saying here's the opportunity. Let's do something about it, right? Um, so somebody in our, in our church last week, a family, they came and said, we love Kingdom Builders, and uh, we've been preparing. And we just want you to know that uh, we want to be a part of this. And so whatever we can do to help. And they said, in fact, would you let the church know that we're committed to giving above and beyond? And so let them know that next week for the offering that every dollar they give, we're going to match it with a dollar. And so they've, they've said we have a matching fund next week's offering for uh, $5,000 that they're going to help to be able to help like Zara, help other opportunities that come our way like um, uh, City of Refuge in, in, uh, in Africa, right? It's an organization in, um, in, Af- in, West, in Ghana, West Africa, where they help rescue kids from, um, from slavery. 
um, and they have a leadership school they have there going on that they're they're busting in 140 kids and uh the kids like to come but they can't always get there because they don't have a ride and so this this christmas their ministry is raising money for a bus so part of our kingdom builders is going to help them buy a bus so they could bust these kids in from the neighborhood to be able to get them to school right i think it's awesome um, we're going to start more churches this next year. So Kingdom Builders, the things that we have, and you can learn more about Kingdom Builders on our website under the Give tab. It just talks about our, we put a stretch goal every year for us as a church. Say, hey, let's dream about our, an eternal impact that we can have as a church, right? So so maybe Zara moves your heart. Maybe, maybe like we said, maybe something simple like um, fill in a box with some, some presents for a kid in need around the world. And so last week we talked about Operation Christmas Child. And so last year uh, we, we get the opportunity for people to give and uh, last week, uh, we already gave out double the amount that we gave last year, just last week. And then we ran out of boxes, which is pretty awesome. And so today, Abril, who's helping us, she brought more boxes. And so as simple as just filling up a box with some gifts, some toys. And, and here's the thing. This Christmas gift that some kid around the world that's really, really in need is going to get maybe the only gift they get all year. And what it would look like if the church would say, hey, let's be a blessing to the, to the poorest of the poor around our world. And let's just give them something simple, like a Christmas gift. There's some instructions. If, if that's something that excites you, just do something. Grab something and do it. And um, you can talk to our real. And uh, next week we'll be collecting these. So you can bring them back. And uh, we'll be sending them off with the, all the other um, uh, gifts that will be sent around the nation. A lot of churches do this every year. They send a lot of gifts around the world. It's just a way to be generous, right? And there's some, some pamphlets in there that they put in the language of the kids so they can learn about God's love. It's just an awesome way to say, man, we want to be a blessing to you. So maybe something like that is what really moves your heart. Just do it. It's great, right? And then this time of the year, we also, every, every year, we, we make sure we print up these. And they're cards. Uh, we call them uh, act of kindness cards, right? A-OK. It's an it's a act of kindness card. And what it says is something extra to show you God loves you. And on the back side, it says, and so do we. And it just has our church website. Very simple. And it's just a, it's a way to say, you know what? We want you to know, do something extra to know that God loves you. And we give this every year during this time of season. Say, hey, look for opportunities to be generous, right? Maybe you're going to buy the cup of coffee, whoever's behind you in the drive-thru at, at, the, at the, 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 the Starbucks or wherever you're at. Maybe you're buying somebody's lunch at, at the restaurant you're at, whatever it is. Just look for opportunities to do something, right? Um, maybe you're going to go out to lunch and you're going to, your waiter, you know, God puts them in your heart just to be generous. Not talking like, you know, 20, 25%. I'm talking like a really big, like, blessing to them, right? You just say, hey, we want just something extra, you know, so God knows that, uh, you know that God loves you. And so do we, right? An opportunity for us to be generous as a church. Uh, here's the reason we do this this time of year. Right, just so you know, in our nation, um, what they tell us is there'll be more suicides from, from around Thanksgiving through the end of the year. Um, in that time frame, that short period of time, there'll be more suicides in that month than there will the entire other 11 months of the year. So more people take their lives in that. So what if we as a church said, you know, generosity always always shares love and it, and it gives opportunities for people to know that, that they're cared for. What if we begin to just look for opportunities to say, hey, we, we care for you. We love you. Man, we, we're thinking about you. Maybe you hear it and you're saying, well, that's great, but I just don't have money. Like, I, man, I need groceries. I can't even do anything. Well, there's other ways you can be generous with your life. Maybe there's stuff in your house that you have that you're not using. Why don't you give it away? Maybe an extra jacket, maybe an extra blanket, extra something. Learn to say, look around and say, okay, what do I have and what can I use to give to others? Maybe that's even a lot for you. Maybe a hug, a smile, a kind word, a gesture, right? Something, an encouraging word. In fact, on the table outside, we have a couple papers and, you know, more about Zara if you want to learn about her, but also um, some ideas for acts of kindness. You can snap a picture of your phone so you have some ideas. Um, some stuff that doesn't cost any money, right? Offer to babysit somebody, somebody's kid for free. Maybe you have somebody that you care for, and you're like, hey, can I, can you, can I watch your, your, your kids for you? You can go on a date. 
I just want to be a blessing to you, right? Um, offer to babysit somebody. Offer to clean somebody's yard, right? Um, send a note of encouragement to somebody. Um, help somebody you know who's struggling, you know, financially with groceries. Um, bake some goodies. Take them to the, the police station or the fire station or the hospital. You know, a box of donuts, a meal for a coworker. Make make a little extra and give it to somebody, right? Uh, just look for different ways to be able to um, to show kindness and to look. Because here's what I know. And the reason I teach this and the reason I'm so passionate about it, whether you're a Christ follower or not, and whether you gave a, a dollar to our church ever or never, um, that's not important. Because uh, I would teach the same principle to you whether you invest in our church or not because I want you to be the best you could possibly be. And giving of yourself is one of the best things you could do with your life because it opens your heart up to others. It opens your heart to look for opportunities to be generous to, to those who need it because you never know the impact you'll have on somebody's life until you're willing to say, I'm going to pause and I'm going to do something for somebody else. I'm going to use some of my time to pour into somebody else. I'm going to use some of my finances to be a blessing to somebody else. I'm going to use my talents and my skills to help somebody else. Like you have some talents and skills that some organizations in our, in, in our city, our church could benefit from, other organizations could benefit from, if you just say, hey, I've been blessed with this. I think I can help you there. And you would offer that and be a blessing to them. Uh, when you do that, all of a sudden your life becomes less about what I can get, what I can get, what I can get, and more about what can I give? What can I give? How can I have an impact? And really, Scripture's really very clear. It's not about how much you can get in life. It's about how much you can give. What you can do with your life to make a greater impact. Because those things will live on beyond you. The things you get, you might have them for a short season, but eventually they're going to go somebody else. Learn to say, God, how can I live in such a way that I can be a generous person to the rest of the world? How can I look for those opportunities? Um, all right, so next Sunday, pray about it. Come ready to, to do something. Look for opportunities throughout this next season to be a blessing, all right? And uh, um, yeah, anybody excited for next week? I am so, so excited. So it's good. I love our Kingdom Builders offering because it's a way that we say, in a tangible way, God loves you, and so do we. And we care for you. We, we know what you're doing in, the, in their community matters. We know what you're doing around this world matters. And we're going to continue to do that as a church. Hey, we're committed to that. We're, we're a church that models generosity, that believes in generosity, and uh, we, we practice that we do it. All right? Awesome. Hey, as we end our service today, um, I want to give an opportunity because I know uh, there's some people that came today. Maybe you're visiting with a friend, somebody invited you to church, and uh, you're here, and we're talking about generosity. And uh, there's a part of you where you say, you know, this all sounds good and it sounds nice, but... Um, I just need some practical answers right now. Uh, like, my life's not working. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm, I, would, I would even maybe go as far as say I don't, I'm not even close to God. I don't feel God, his love. I don't even know that. Well, on, on this journey that we're on, right, we get to those moments in our lives where we, we recognize we need something more. Uh, it's not an accident you came. And what I would love to do is, as we end our service, give you the opportunity, if that's what you're sensing and feeling, to be able to start a journey with God, right? So the Bible says that when, when we're going in the wrong direction, and we're walking in the direction, but it's not working, that if we'll stop and say, God, help me. God, forgive me for, for going in the wrong direction. Would you change my direction? Help me to, to go your way. And that what says, the Bible calls it repentance, that if we'll turn from what we're doing and go his direction, that he comes and he walks with us, he gets on this journey, he receives us. In fact, the Bible says, that if, you'll, if you'll believe in your heart and you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that he's raised from the dead, you will be saved. It's a faith statement of saying, God, you are God. You are the boss, you're the leader. I put my trust in you today. And if you're here today and you need to do that, that would be the, the best step that you could ever take with your life is saying, God, I put my trust in you. 
So as we, as we end our service, I would love to give an opportunity for those that are feeling that way and that, that would like to take that next step of, on, a, on a faith journey of saying, God, I want to follow your lead. Uh, give you an opportunity. So do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service. And if that's you, you're here today and you would say, that's me. And I, I, I need God in my life. I want to surrender control to him. I want to declare that he is Lord over my life. I want to, I want to submit to him and follow his lead. That's what it means to be a Jesus follower is that we're following his lead. If that's you today, I'm not going to call you down to the front, but right there in your seat just leads you in a prayer. Uh, if that's you, would you let me know by lifting your hand saying, today, I need, my, I need God in my life. Awesome. Awesome. See some hands? Anybody else? So good. All right, for you that raised your hand, I want to lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer of invitation and relationship with God. If you're a Christ follower in this room, would you pray with us so they're not praying alone? If you raise your hand, say this today. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. Forgive me of my choices, of my sin. Would you give me a new start? Thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross so I can have a a way to you. I believe he's alive today. I confess him as Lord of my life. I put my trust in you today. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. For those that pray that prayer, let's celebrate. So good.